Well, ladies and gentlemen, look who we have on the show today. Helen, it's a pleasure. How are you on this fine evening? Um, I'm good. I'm very good. It's um, nice and wet and drizzly in the UK as per our winter. So, yeah, no, it's nice to be indoors. <laughs> Do you, are you one to get into the holiday spirit of Christmas? Lights up everywhere. Yeah. Tree. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Then the older you get, you realize that you're basically just trying to relive your childhood through your Christmas tree. So, you might be right, actually. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then, and as you get older, like Christmas, just if that's what you celebrate, just like, I don't know, it, it comes upon you so quickly. Oh, December this, this just by like by. a flash. And you're like, oh, done. All right then. Like when you were a kid, it was, it took so long didn't it? And you were like, oh my God, I can't believe it's the 1st of December. And you just count down the days. And then I've looked around, somebody was like, oh, it's Christmas in a week. Um, I have not finished my shopping. So yes, holiday spirit, yes. Organised, no. <laughs> How early are we putting the tree up for you? Because my girlfriend oh, put it up in like the end of Halloween. Wow, oh, that's key. <laughs> no, that's key, that isn't really it? That's really key. Um, then organised, no. So Saturday. Like last week, oh, okay. three You're days a late ago. But everything's half price then, so that works for me because I like being thrifty. And what's the perfect Christmas day for you? Just family dinner, lunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roaring fire, cold. Yeah. I mean, I'm not bothered about the snow, but yeah, nice walk. I mean, it sounds like um, what I'm going to describe sounds a bit like a Victorian Christmas, like a walk and some board games and some <laughs> and some wine and a fire. I love it. It's funny because in Australia, it's it's summer Christmas every year. So I've never had like a winter Christmas. Yeah. It's always pretty hot. Yeah. Yeah. I've never actually seen snowfall. You've never seen snowfall? No. Have you seen snow on the ground? Yeah. Yeah. I've just never seen it fall in front of me yeah which is oh, i weird. mean it's pretty cool i mean it's never snowed on christmas day for as long as i've been alive that's a fallacy but you know january sure oh it's great i love it when it's when it snows yeah. but yeah i can't imagine a hot christmas my uh friend ollie who might watch this he lives in sydney was just she yeah she's always in the pool on christmas day I'm like what in the pool? <laughs> no roaring fire <laughs> have you been to Australia? No, I haven't. I'd love to go. I'd love to go. There's lots of Australians here and like actors and I've toured with lots of Australians. And honestly, I don't know why they ever leave because they talk about it with such like, they're just like, oh my God, the Blue Mountains. And they're just like, you know, they're just like, and the food is so much better and we love it. But then they all eventually go back because apparently it is better and sunnier. <laughs> What one of the audiobooks that you've done? I know you've done hundreds. What's the perfect yeah. one for Christmas? Ooh. I did one last year. Is it called Make You Mine This Christmas? It was um it was a queer audiobook, but that makes it sound like it's just all about it just so happens that the main characters the main characters are women and they're in love. Um but it was just so good, like, because those are the people, I think I tweeted about it, like, last year when I did it, like, those are people all in my life. And there's, a, like, there's a character who's um, disabled and stuff in it. 
And it's, I know that sounds weird, but it's like the only book I've ever read with a cat with a disabled character in it. And it wasn't, it sounds that makes, I'm making the book sound really box sticky, but it's not. It's just a really good story. It just so happens that there are real life characters in it. <laughs> I know, I know some of your popular, Warhammer is very popular. I know that that would be yeah. up there for you. How many have you actually done? I think I've done over 200 now. So, yeah, loads. What, how but, long would one take for you usually on average? So about, I mean, your average length about, which is about 400 pages, would be about three days. But that's three days in the studio. I've got a home studio and I kind of dip in and out. So books take me a lot longer because I suddenly go like, oh, I'd like a cup of coffee or, you know, I don't know. There's something on telly or whatever. But, um, yeah, but I, lo I love doing them. They're just, they're just... I've always loved stories and then to read them and narrate them and things like that. And just to be all the characters, because, you know, especially like you were saying, the Warhammer ones, you get to be all these mad outlandish characters that you'd never get the chance to be in real life. And you just, you know, and you're so in it. And it's, it's amazing when you do the Warhammer books as well, because you go to the place where they're all written and it's just a building. Not, they're not all written in the building. Oh, but it's called, that's cool. It's called Warhammer world. So mm. it's where they make the figurines, where they make the games. So everyone in the whole building is just obsessed with Warhammer. So it's like <laughs> stepping into the world. There's like a themed cafe and stuff oh, like that. that's cool. It's amazing. Is this in London? It, it, no, it's in Nottingham. So it's in the middle of the UK. Okay. It's in the Midlands. And um, outside is a huge statue of a space marine, a oh, gold space Oh, that's sick. It's just... It's just so cool when you go there and I really, really love it. And it's just when, and you just get directed really well and things like that because people know the history behind it. So sometimes with audiobooks, you don't, you know, it's just you on your own um, recording a book, but then the Warhammer books, you always get loads of, yeah, loads of detailed lore and stuff like that. And if the, if the voice has ever been done before, they'll have a clip of another actor doing it. And they're like, oh, if you oh, could make wow. it sound roughly like this, because somebody in the eighties did this voice and you're like, Okay, sure. Although so, those people were not. <laughs> does, <laughs> does it feel a little bit like that with Pit Stop and Baldur's Gate 3? Did it have that similar vibe? They know the characters really well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. It was so nice. But the, the weirder thing is, is they know far more than you know. So they're explaining it and they make it sound so simple. And they're like, no, no, this is this is the storyline. And you're just trying to hold this storyline in your head going, this is this sounds nuts but they know yeah they know all the they know all the lore they know the characters although i think it kind of progressed like as the writers wrote more and more in some things slightly changed but they were kind of you know you can offer your performance but they were like the keepers of the story if you like so they were the ones that had to keep it all in their head and guide you in the right direction which is just a gift as an actor because you just need to concentrate on what they're giving you. You don't actually need to know all the background, but it's useful sometimes to know the background. Were you asking a lot of questions in the in the mocap? No, no, really, no. It was funny. so. I watched um I watched your interview with um Beth and Josh, the directors from Baldur's Gate Three, and they did a bit. They were saying about um how you direct certain people, and it's weird when you go into the booth. There's about um or the studio, there's like a half an hour if you've got a new director where you're both working each other out 
they're working out what type of actor you are. You're working out what type of director they are and how you're going to work together. And Josh said something like some actors really respond to imaginative worlds. And I was watching it and I thought, yeah, that's me. Like they have to, if a director can describe the world that I'm in and give me the colours to work with, then I'll just like. So not even the character, just the world building aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But the character I always felt like comes out of that. Like they would give me, yeah, the scene, the scene I was in. And I'm a big fan of kind of, as they describe it, like letting my body respond to to that description. So for instance, the um when uh, Night Song is trapped and they were kind of they said they said, look, it's really dark. I mean, at the time they described dark underground obviously that's not how it looks now it's like on this huge plane and it's really really open it's pretty epic but yeah i know it's really (laughs) epic but the way they described it they were like it's really cold you're trapped and i kind of as they were saying that like my body language just responded and got like further further you know in on itself and yeah so i yeah i respond i think to those imaginative worlds so i didn't ask no i didn't ask many questions actually i just kind of let them guide me and then if i made a really mad decision then they could go "Hmm, no that's that's not what we're not what we're vibing with you know it was a very physical performance this one i really noticed that the movements the physicality to it is that something that you were directed on or you just sort of i think i think a bit of both i think it evolved um, so this is my first motion capture job. And I think when I first went in, I didn't move very much. Like I was afraid to, you know, you get those really old like video, video games or something where people are just constantly like, is to show you? they're alive, they're just doing this. <laughs> and you're chatting to them and they're like, what? No. And you're like, you're not, what are you doing? You're not walking, you're not moving anywhere. And I was so conscious that I didn't want to be moving just for the sake of it because actually when you're speaking you don't move all the time yeah then whatever director I was with and I worked a lot with um Adrian at the beginning and with Josh like they kind of just allowed me they were like no no yeah you can move you can you know she's pacing and things like that like sometimes the writers would give little notes you know she's pacing around the space she's going round and round and I asked questions on the physicality. I said, oh, can, can I do that? Is that okay? Is that is that something I'm allowed to do? Because I hadn't done any, you know, you don't get taught to do motion capture or anything at drama school. So I was learning on the job. And, um, and they were like, yeah, you can absolutely do that. And then, you know, they'd give you little tips like, don't, uh, you should move asymmetrically when you're doing motion capture. So you should move you know, one hand or the other hand. If you do both hands at once, animation makes you look like a robot. It's the it's the weirdest thing. Like if, Interesting. If you do symmetrical movement, they said it just looks unrealistic. Your mind just goes, mm, that's not real. Because people don't move. When I do a hand gesture, I don't do that. You know, if that makes sense. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the physicality, yeah, it slowly came, you know, I think we had this image of a of a wrestler, like a caged wrestler going round and yeah, round. Yeah, like a warrior. Room. Yeah. Yeah, like basically winding herself up because that's all she can do is all she can do is think. And, you know, she's just been, she's just trapped in this little circle going round and round and round and winding herself up. So 
the more they fed me that background and that world, I think the more physical her performance became. Yeah. Um, and then obviously there are the actually huge physical bits like the stamping and the and the And is that all you even even though you were pregnant during some of the filming, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah. Shit. Yeah, I think I did I think I did the stamping. No. Maybe I did it before. You know, I can't I can't remember. <laughs> but I definitely did. I mean, whether they used my stamping or went, that's no good. But yeah, I did. I did so I definitely I remember doing like the because you need that breath, you know, mm. like when she, when she's crushing Ketherick's head, which actually, oh my god, animated looks insane. <laughs> like she really, I mean, I had it in my head, but it's just like your own. When she's actually doing it, you're like, he's dead now. He's really, he's gone. He's gone. And you knew it was J.K. Simmons. No, 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 no. So yeah, I didn't wow. know. I just had. This- all these characters were just, I mean, which is incredible. Like his voice Damn. is unreal. So he's probably hearing your voice when he was doing the lines possibly. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. So so it just all depended what order you recorded them in. And very occasionally they had the actors and they went, oh, we've got this line. We'll play We'll play it for you. And that was always great. But no, I never heard Ketherick's voice. So I never heard, I never heard him. But you had Shadowheart come in, didn't you? You had um, Jennifer play it alongside yeah. you, right? Yeah, just for I think there was just one. Um, yeah, there was just one session. I think she was downstairs. It wasn't for and, that uh, scene, was it? That particular the release scene. That wasn't the one, was it? No, I think no. it was the. And I don't know if everyone will have seen it because it's not in every playthrough. But when she kind of reveals, um, reveals a bit more about the wolves, and there's um about Shadowheart's background and she's like telling Shadowheart the information. Um so no it wasn't for it wasn't for that scene. But then occasionally because she did so much like you know all the origin characters had just like <laughs> reams and reams of script. It was more often than not if you were cuz I mean night so it's only ever night night song and Shadowheart really that's their journey together. So I often had her in my ear but it was really nice to have like um you know actually working together live was really, really great. Was it cathartic for you to release all these different emotions without any judgment through this character? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I loved it. I mean, when do you get to be in a room and just like yell and scream? I mean, she's just... Often. I mean, <laughs> no, no, exactly. I mean, or if you do, people then just go, okay. Nobody afterwards goes... <laughs> Wow, really great. Well done, you. They would all, you know, if you were doing that in your house, people would be like, are you okay? Do you need help? Um, no, oh God, I loved it. I always felt so light after all of the sessions. Light? Really? I thought you'd feel heavy. No. Oh, my God. Well, no, because, I mean, I think cause any anger that was pent up or any tension, was re- yeah. I, I just was released. I just kind of used it. And I think, yeah, if you're going to yell and kind of get upset or anything like that afterwards, you can just, I mean, just, it does take a moment to shake it off. But yeah, I, de- I definitely did some of it when I was um, the Sorry, the physical stuff. I definitely did some of that when I was pregnant as well. I think I was about five months pregnant and there was like crash mats and stuff. And I had to do, um, I had to do her dying um, when she's, you know, the option when she, uh, gets skewered by Shah's spear. Oh, that but, was you. 
yeah yeah, yeah that <laughs> was but it's really weird i was so i was so yeah. conscious of the fact that when you're pregnant your movements change because yes. you've got you know you've you're suddenly when you're walking and things like that like i mean you know i i had luckily quite a neat bump but so all of a sudden you might waddle I don't know and I was like that's not very night song is it like she's not gonna waddle like she's so powerful and she's wearing armor and things like that so I was really conscious to kind of fall safely for me and for my and for my unborn daughter but also because <laughs> I really enjoyed imagining someone skewer me so I think people I are going to be sh watching this are going to be shocked to hear that you were pregnant during this <laughs> because there's <laughs> such fierceness with this character you know, it's just I think that helps brilliantly done. Wanted... Brilliant job. Oh, Honestly. Thank you. Did the um did your theatre experience help at all with the mocap, do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Massively. I think I'm really it, I don't know if this was everyone's experience of it, but I found it's quite I think it's quite theatrical. Like all you know, mm. as a as a video game. But I also I don't know. For me, if you can do those large emotions on a kind of filmic level, I think it really helps to, if you're going to be shouting about someone being murdered, if you're going to imagine murdering someone, if you're trying to imagine all this pent-up aggression, I don't think you can be filmic about it. I certainly can't. So mm. all my theatre experience, and I love the theatre, it's like where my love of acting started. I think all of that really helped and it gave me a freedom to, to just push those emotions to their limit. So for me, when you're on screen, you have to contain things because, you know, the camera's showing you where to look. So I wouldn't be able to just like, you know, run away and um, I don't know. And yeah, and pace unless the camera was following me. But this way I could really using my theatre experience, I don't know, I just felt permission to be as large as possible. And she is, I mean, you know, Aileen's larger than life. She's at, and she only gets bigger. And like, I I didn't quite realise she would be over six foot tall and things like that. I mean, that's how I feel. I'm only five foot five, but I feel in my, <laughs> in me about six foot tall. So I love it. But she is just this huge character and then she gets her wings and she gets even bigger. So it all made sense kind of when I saw the actual animation of it that that it was the right way to go by the kind of theatrical route, if that makes sense. I mean, maybe that's what they saw, the casting director saw in me originally, and they went, yeah, that's what we need for this character. When you see her, do you see yourself? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I saw a little bit of how, of how certainly how it was in, in my head. I'm not as angry as she is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell that. But, you know... Trap me, trap me for a hundred years and kill me over and over again, and we'll see. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah, want to do that but, to you. <laughs> but yeah, a, yeah, a little bit. But she's just so powerful and just cool. Oh, badass! That that scene. I mean, that is a really amazing scene. That where she releases and yeah, just the music. The music oh, music. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's so good. When it was first released, I kind of, you know, I'm sure you know, you don't get to see any of the any of the animation when you're doing it. You're just, you know, in the suit with the bubbles. And I was watching bits, and my favorite was watching people play it 
so you could see their reactions reactions. yeah yeah because you know you hope it you hope it hits home and things like that but some people were just like whoa this is incredible and i mean it really does look it looks amazing you know you don't picture that music in when you're doing the scene or you know you just don't know what it's going to turn out like do you I wish. You know when, I mean, maybe only actors do this, but you know when you've got music in your headphones, you're like at the traffic lights or something and you're like pretending you're in a film or whatever. Oh, yeah, I've done that many times. Exactly. Everyone does that. And But you actually don't, when you're performing something, you don't get that moment. You don't get the background music and things like that. Um, So, yeah, to see it all put together was just, yeah, was amazing. And also it's it's interesting because it's not quite how I necessarily saw it in my head, but now I can't see it any other way, if that makes so sense. So what did you see in your head? Was it more intimate, not as epic kind of? Well, I thought, yeah, I thought they were in like a cellar, like it was completely dark oh, wow. and they were in a cellar. And then she would break, like break through into the light. Mm-hmm. Um but you know that was just in my head. Nobody said. No, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> said, well, I just consider. I was just like trapped. I just thought she'd be trapped in the dark. Um, but actually, there is a kind of. It does feel like that anyway. Like she does start to glow, you know. And when she like spins around and stuff, and she's just she's just limbed with light, limed with light. It's just that that is kind of how I saw it. Does the does the mocap suit and the mocap process? affect your process as an actor at all or can you do things the same as you would with any other medium i think i almost for me i just have to forget that the suit in the studio is there because when you know if you do screen work or if you're in the theater there's a kind of magic that all comes together when you get the costume and you get your hair and makeup and you look in the mirror and you see the character that you are. So all that work that you've done then comes together in those final moments and you're like, oh my God, this is who they are. But with mocap, you never get that. So you don't know, you know, and all your, you know, your hair has to be all tied up because it's under the cap and things like that. So the fact that, say, Aileen's you know she's got half a head shaved and she's just got this hair that comes down one side and stuff like that like if I'd have known that maybe I'd have I don't know brushed the hair to the side or something but you probably wouldn't have been able to do that there's little things so you just have to forget that you're in a suit with the bobbles and the fact that you're in like your old trainers that you can move in (laughs) easiest and things like that and even forget what you're seeing on the screen in front of you because you have this little power ranger that's in like different colors which shows you the movements that you're doing and for me yeah. i just have to forget all of that and just paint the picture in my head like it's the same thing kind of two-year-olds do when they play make-believe but you know that's fun isn't it <laughs> i guess and you got to swing a massive sword yeah oh. <laughs> yeah exactly but they don't they have them on set do they no they brought one in well they didn't bring oh, they a sword did. in but oh, they okay. had um we had uh i think josh whedon had bought recently bought himself a lightsaber and um he was just like oh i've got just the thing and uh he was like do you want to use a lightsaber and he brought it in so i actually had a sword and there was one there were a couple of lines afterwards when they were like helen you can you can drop the sword 
because I was really attached to it. I just had it in my hand and I was just like, this is so great. And just, you know, because it does, I mean, it makes you feel pretty powerful, like having, you know, and yeah. it's so good for the body as well, because, you know, I mean, a plastic lightsaber is not the same weight as a steel broadsword, but it does still, you use the same muscles to kind of, you know, it instantly, as soon as you hold a sword, your shoulder, for me, you know, your shoulders go back, you have this kind of powerful stance, your chest puffs out because you're suddenly on defense. You can't hold it like, you know, you don't hold it like this or like, you know, like you're holding a pen or something. You, you gotta just have feel the weight. Yeah. Exactly. And it opens up your body. So I always think any, they can't give you loads of like loads of props, but any props they can give you, I always, I find that really helpful. What about the the different permutations? Like for example, that release scene, there's a few ways that that scene can go. Do you shoot that chronologically? Do they tell you? Do you shoot one scene and then maybe a month later shoot, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So they, it it depends when it's written. So, mm. and I, and so Night Song had um, her own writer, Sarah, who apparently Imagine. I recently heard, yeah, who I recently heard was, um, she was apparently, whilst I was like storming around the studio, like she was apparently in Ireland in the in the writer's like studio, like storming around at the same time because she was like trying to like get into the character and feel it. And I was just like, that's so that's cool. cool. It's, it's mad the stuff you learn kind of after it's all come out and you just, yeah, like now it's all come together. So now basically when I watch all those iterations, now they all make a lot of sense. <laughs> At the time, they just kind of go, oh, yeah, um, so you die now. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then in your head you go, that's the end of my story. I've, I've died. And then they're like, okay, so this at this point the player, you know, you're, you're not dead now. And you're like, oh, okay, so where do I go back to? Do I go? So did you I actually think died? you were done? Yeah. <laughs> really? That was it? You thought, oh, this is my last yeah. session? Yeah, very simple. I was just like, oh, fine, I'm done. No, no, I died in the middle of the session, but I was just like, oh, okay, so right, this is it. So I thought yeah. that scene was the only bit. Like, I don't know if the Laroican stuff was added in, but that came so much later. Oh, that was a great then, scene. That one with the breaky, break his back like Bane. My God, that was, yeah. that was goosebumps, that, was that scene. You yeah. actually picked up a human man for that scene, didn't you? And broke I his did. back. Josh. He was eight feet tall and I can lift him. So it's fine. It was actually um, Josh, right? No. Uh. No. Um, but, you know, they did say, it's, it's so funny. This job is mad sometimes because they're just like, okay, so um, you're going to lift him over your head. And obviously you're not lifting anyone, but you just go, okay. And as an actor, you just go, yeah, fine. There's no pause. You don't go, guys, are we serious? You just go, no, okay. But then you have to like, that's why I see a prop would be good because you have to like imagine that he's, you can't just go woof. Oh, I'd love to see that strong. that footage behind the scenes of you doing that. <laughs> <laughs> look, it would look nuts. Um, but yeah, they had little descriptions by those cinematic scenes and you, you'd get, you'd see them as like little stick figures and they were like, oh, we can show you like the bare bones of kind of what this cut scene will look like. Um, but you know, before or after a, a line or whatever, and it would be really, really helpful. But I had no idea of how it would actually look. And so her walking up to him when she's when she's doing all that preamble, I didn't. You know, that's animated. I didn't do the walking, but weirdly, I did do the lift and the breaking over the back, which was 
Yeah. You've reminded me of the scene with Catherick where you're facing him and that final piece of dialogue and the voice that it was just incredible. I'm trying to think what, what you said, but. Is it the God's fight by your side? Yeah. Oh, that bit. I love that. That was fantastic. (laughs) Honestly. Thanks. No. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like you can just get to yell. And I was just like, you know what? Because I do a lot of um, I do a lot of video games, and I'm often because of my voice, I'm often cast as a soldier or somebody in authority and things like that. So I am well practiced at <laughs> shouting <laughs> and just kind of doing walk. And you just, I just, I always think you've got to go for it. Like if somebody's yes. shouting, "God's fight at our side," there's only I for my money. There's only one way you can do that. All in. I love it. But exactly. not everyone all does in. go all in. I have to. I have to give you credit. Not they sometimes pull back a little bit. They don't want to go too yeah. far, you know. But you just went <laughs> went for it. Yeah, fantastic. I think no, it's great. I had such I had such fun doing it. It was it was nuts. But yeah, I just think there's no. I think everyone did that. You know, though the whole cast like there's no half measures. Everyone just really really went for it. I mean, I worried at one point. I was like, all her lines are really shouty. Is my performance going to be really one? I was worried it was going to be really one note. It would just come across and people would be like, oh my God, this character, she needs to chill out. <laughs> so when I had those scenes, because for ages, you know, Isabel was just this figment. I And there were no scenes with her. She never gets, saw, she never gets to see her. And then I died and I thought I was done. <laughs> So I was just like, oh, well, there we go. Well, her and Isabel never get to meet. And it was so nice. But to the point where I think a couple, when I was doing those those lines in the scenes with Isabel, the directors kept having to tell me, they were like, okay, you've kind of, you're almost not Shadow, um, you're almost not Night Song anymore. Sorry, Jen was in the room. That's why I said Shadow Heart. <laughs> um, she was in the booth. Not She's not in this room right now. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they almost had to say, "Oh, you've you've still got to bring some of that kind of strength back," because it you was went too I, far, too far soft. Yeah, yeah. Oh. because it was just. I think I was just so grateful to have a moment of just of releasing that because it's so she has so much tension. She's always on, and she's always so strong. And I just, I think there were a couple of times where I just went, "Oh," and just kind of like melted. And they were like. That's good. They were like, keep that kind of melted quality, but you're still in a suit of armor. You know, you're still strong. You are still, you're still the night song. And I was just like, yeah, that's true. Although actually night song is no more by that point. <laughs> Do you ever find yourself getting emotional in those moments? Because I know a lot of players have gotten emotional with a lot of your scenes, but did you yeah. ever get emotional doing them? Yeah, 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 definitely. And there were some lines as well that yeah and it is strange because you almost I love it when you almost don't know where it comes from kind of do a line and the the like the tears just come or you get emotional and you kind of go oh okay you you know that was from a really from that was from a real place yeah there were there were quite a few bits actually and I wanted to make sure to keep those emotional moments in so that she seemed so that she seemed more real you know that she does have because I don't think you can have all this anger like it has to come from somewhere and anger often comes from fear 
or love or passion. It's not just because anger on its own is nothing. It can just fizzle out. So I think it always needed something behind it to make it seem real. Otherwise, it's just that's why I was worried because I was like, this really needs some basis in truth. Otherwise, she is just this really angry, shouty character. So for me, it was such a gift that they added, you know, that they always had Isabel in and obviously that complication that she's Catherick's daughter and, you know, that's just so complicated. But it, then it added another layer of truth for me. And I, I know on my playthrough there's, there's a happy ending. I know not everyone got it, but were you happy that there was some, you know, there was some happy endings <laughs> to be had? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you just, I think <laughs> in most video games, you just assume everyone's going to end up dead. <laughs> like, so the fact that there was even a single ending where not only was she kind of happy, but she ends up with Isabel and things like that. I was just like, this is, this is great. I mean, there's also playthroughs where Isabel is killed in front of her. And somebody sent me that, actually. I'd never seen, it's just a tiny little, like, little line but I remember doing it and I was just crying at the time, like doing it and kind of shouting. And um, yeah, and it they were just like, they said, oh my God, it's, you know, it's intense. And I watched it and I was like, whoa. And I got taken right back to when I'd recorded it. And I was, you know, I mean, yeah, again, you've just got to be all in. Like if somebody says the love of your life that you've, that you've waited for, you know, for centuries has been killed in front of you, there's... Like, I don't know. There's only, you can only be at a hundred. So how do you get to that place? Just jump in. I think I just, it's, no, you know what it is? It's, um, I've never thought about that before. Um, so like Josh said about painting that world, it's almost like I just have to add layers in and I can just imagine myself there. And I, I, there are only so many emotions, right? I don't think, I think when you're angry, you're angry. I don't think, you know, when you're sad, you're sad. I don't actually think there are, I don't think there's a special kind of sadness reserved for, say, yeah, say for, for like grief or something like that. I don't think there's, I think like anger is anger is anger. So I don't think there are special emotions in a fantasy world, I think is what I'm trying to say. Like those emotions are just real. And I just kind of imagine, yeah, kind of what I said, if someone, if the love of my life was killed in front of me and I thought I had the power to change that or kill the person that had done it, then I would do that. I think that's what I meant by when I said heavy early on. You know, you, you said you felt light after it. And I'm, yeah. think, I'm thinking of the emotions you'd feel heavy going home, you know what I mean, after yeah. those sort of scenes. Yeah, no, I just, I think it was cathartic for me. I think what actually really helps is that you don't do things chronologically and you don't have to. If I was in a play doing this character, that would be intense because you have to live a whole scene chronologically and you really have to live in that same, you know, your body would have to be really, really tense. Your voice would have to be in that that really upset space for the whole time. But if you do that, then, and you've got to maintain that, that's really, really difficult. But the way you record is like, you know, one line you're alive, one line you're dead, one line you're angry, one line you're happy. So you have to have the ability to just kind of snake through it all. You've just put that out there. This would be one of the greatest plays 
ever. <laughs> they did it, except it would be 50 hours long. They'd have to yeah. condense the fuck out of it. Um. No, I don't think it's possible. You'd I have, mean, it would yeah. be amazing. Like if they could create the world and you could just like walk through it and like choose your own adventure. I mean, I'd do it. You think you could play night song in in a play every every night doing oh. that emotional those scenes? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? No, I could, but you'd have to. I I think you'd have to have a night I off. Every... I wonder if you'd have to. Yeah, I'd wonder if you'd have to check out a little bit. You'd have to take the edge off. Like if you're at a hundred, like I said, if you're doing that line once, twice, three, four, five times, like as a take, you're doing five takes of that line you can keep that energy high if you're doing that every night you'd have to go oh, i've got to give it 90 percent tonight i'm just if i give it 100 percent. i'm just gonna go loopy have you heard about the live action boulders gate that they're doing netflix no yeah wow. they've got the rights i'm, I'm pretty sure netflix boulders yeah, I, mean, gate. Be I mean who is um is it gwendolyn christie who's like you know who plays brianna of tarth like she would be like that's that's a when pretty I good think of night song. yeah. If it's not me. you, if but it's I'm, not you, but, no, but I'm little. This is what I mean. This is why playing in video games and stuff is so great because you get to play characters like you know, I'm a five foot five, slight blonde woman, albeit with the soul of a six foot five warrior within me. Yes, <laughs> yes, I love that. I guess you're right. As you said, that's the beauty of uh, video games. Is that something you want to do more of, video games now? You kind of got that bug? Yeah. Oh, my God, I love it. I love it because I love change. So when I was growing up, my like my parents would read us like books and stuff all the time, but they'd always do different voices and different accents and things like that, and that's definitely where I've got it from. Like I've never been afraid to to try an accent or get stuck in or – and you can just do that with with video games. It's so great. Or like, and I, you know, and animations and stuff like that. I mean, it hasn't taken away my love of of screen or theatre because, like I said, you get to stay in one moment and really, really explore it. Whereas you don't get to do that for video games. You don't get to you don't get to you don't have time to really, really interrogate a line. But that might be for the the best, to be honest, because sometimes you can get a bit egotistical about it. They're like, oh, what would that mean? What would that mean? But in video games, they're like, no, that sounds good. And we can hear you hit the mark. That's what we wanted. That's fine. Move on. You don't even have time to process it, really. You're just the character and that's it, yeah. Yeah, well, they, and the script was getting added to kind of all the time. And they were just making this game was just becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. And so every time, you know, you come in, you could have read the whole script and they'd have gone, oh, no, we've added a bunch on. So you wouldn't have read it before. So is there a chance that your performance made the character have more scenes because they were so impressed? I mean, <laughs> I maybe. No, but seriously, um, that, so, that, it could be a thing. It could be. I mean, I'm, they, I'm sure they did that for, I I know that they. Because it's yeah, they've done that for other characters, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And the writers and the origin characters, they kind of like evolved together. Um. I mean, I don't know if it was if that did happen for Night Song. Let's just say yes. You heard it here. No, I don't know. <laughs> you mentioned accents. Do you know how to do every different British UK 
accent, like all the different from Geordie yes, yeah. to, you know them all. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd i give most of them a bash. I can't do, I can only, the thing is, so <laughs> I was watching an interview with or something with Trevor Noah and he said, you should never try and do an accent. You should only try and impersonate someone you know because then that's like not offensive in any way <laughs> or, you know, okay. yeah. yeah. So yeah. I can only do one Scottish accent, which is my friend Fee from Dundee and stuff like that. So I can't do like all that because there are so many like different Scottish accents and things like that. But normally for audiobooks and stuff like that, you only need like a light accent. And actually for video games as well, they don't really want broad accents. But yeah, I can do, I, I'll give most of them a bash. So what about Australian? I mean, I don't know if it's any good, but I can try. So no, this is like a very light. This is my friend Ollie though. So this isn't this isn't like all of Australia. This is just my friend Ollie. This is just what she sounds like. <laughs> if you're listening to it, you're like, nope, you sound like a Brit trying to do an Australian accent. No, you sound like you sound like a posh woman from hey, Sydney. From Sydney. From Bondi. See, okay, fine. No, she's mm. from Sydney, so that makes sense. Yeah. That was 99% there. That was fantastic. Well done. <laughs> oh, good. Thanks. See, you've just got to give it a go, though, because it's terrifying doing it in front of somebody who's actually from there. But then I, it's there because there are so many people who, like, they'll try and do an English accent, and I always want to just go, yeah, no, that's great. Like, you know, you're halfway, you're halfway there, and you want to, like, big people up because so many people go, no. That sounds ridiculous. Why are you trying to do that? And I'm like, they're trying. So, you Great know, attitude. give them a bit of credit for. Yeah. <laughs> what about night songs? Because she's not, I'm, you know, speaking to you now. It's not, I know it's you, but it's a different voice, kind of. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's kind of grandiose. It's kind of, I don't know, ro royal, not royal. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She is. She's kind of, well, I, so when I auditioned for it, I think she had a different name. Was, oh, I think it was Shade Soul or something. Okay. So, yeah, and I just the fact that she was immortal, angelic. It just yeah, your grandiose is the right word. It just put me in that in that headspace. So I think I lowered my voice, you know, a kind of another semitone, and just yeah, hit all my consonants and things like that. Like she does have a regal quality to her. I'd kind of not thought that before, but it definitely is that. It's basically pompousness. <laughs> she just believes that she is naturally, the natural hierarchy of things is she is above everyone. She will outlast, she will outlive most people in this situation. So they are mere specs to her. She will get fully involved, but, you know, she will outlive them and really she is above them. Would you be satisfied if this was it? You couldn't play her again. I'd be so sad if I couldn't play her. Because <laughs> I feel so like there's good. more. There's a lot more to discover. Yeah, I think that it's so. Yeah, it's it's so. Watching all the scenes and stuff now, I think there could have been. I mean, there could be more scenes with all of the characters, right? They've made yeah. such a great world that you just go, oh, my God, all of these stories are untold. But, like, I mean, the game would just go on forever because you could, I you could mind, take actually. Yeah. Well, you could take any of these characters and just kind of go on and on with them because yeah. just everyone's kind of made them made them real, which is amazing. But, yeah, I mean, 
I would I would just I'd love to play her again. She's just she's definitely in there. She's really easily accessible. You know, yeah. you choose a face pose at the beginning. It's how the um, animators stitch all the mocap together. So after you say a line, you go from your base pose, you choose a kind of pose to stand in and then you do your line and then you have to go back to the base pose. And her base pose was always really like her shoulders were really far back. She had a hip cocked. So she was just like large, but also relaxed, if that makes sense. I noticed like her Yeah. See, I noticed this stuff. I love the little details. Yeah. And it's, but then it's so great because they, they'll show you what your base pose was before. Like they'll go, no, no, it wasn't quite like that. It's because they, you know, they can do it. It's so detailed. They'll say, you know, you'll, they'll say, go into your base pose and you do. And then they'll go, no, no, no. Actually, your left foot was a bit further forward. You know, your, your right knee was a bit more bent. And it's that specific. But then that puts you in exactly the same place. And there's this weird thing that happens is when you get into the exact same position, you go, oh, oh, I was there. Oh, OK, fine. Fine. That's where we're starting. And then the character just kind of bubbles up from that position, which wow. I love. So cool. Do you think it's you're going to play the game? I'd love to play the game. If only I didn't have that damn nine month old baby. Because you, have you played any games before? What's your experience in the gaming world? Is it all new? Uh, well, I mean, are you like when I was a kid, like PlayStation One was a Tony Hawk Pro Skater and oh, Lara nice. Croft. Nice. Um, yeah, and you know, The Sims. And I played that until like <laughs> university, I think. <laughs> and then um, but yeah, nothing for I don't think I've got a computer powerful enough. But every time I say <laughs> I talk about Baldur's Gate 3, my husband is like, why are we not buying a PS5? Why do we not have a PS5 in the house? So he's more of a like. So a you'll be watching. Me. He'll be playing. Yeah. 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 But I know I would I would love to play it because I've seen some of the playthroughs. I mean, but it takes hours. It takes like, actually, well, for me to, to get to you, it took like. 50 hours. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So like, the other day. Um, yeah, maybe more, actually. Well, I, was, I was congratulating um, the actress who plays Jahira because they've because the BAFTA nominations have come out and yeah. Baldur's Gate 3 long-listed for BAFTA. I mean, the awards are just getting – it's incredible. Oh, it's, but it's everyone's nominated. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. And, um, uh, and I – that she's doing she's playing the game and she was like oh i can't wait to to meet you in game and i was thinking you've been playing this game for months what do you mean you're not at me yet but i know that's the thing it's so it's so far like to get to me and as well you don't the options that you can take yeah you might not get to me for ages even jahira though it would take it takes yeah it takes ages to get to even her yeah, yeah. no exactly i was um we were at the um the <clears throat> rap party for Baldur's Gate 3. My friend Claire Corbett plays, um, she plays We've quite We've had a her on the show, legend. Yeah, there yes. we go. And she said, um, she was like, is it one of them? She said, oh, I play the brain with legs. And it's like one of the first things that people get to or something. She plays and that? People... No way. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. So she, um, and I, yeah, it's one of the first things that people get to. So she was like, oh, I play a number of characters and you'd introduce that one. And because everyone had started playing the game, everyone was like, oh, my God, that's you. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, she does really wacky voices. She can go really high, can't she? 
Yeah. Yeah. Her kids' voices are creepy. Oh, somebody, so... somebody that I know at a different studio, because she does like loads of audiobooks as well. They're also really good for character voices because they really stretch you. And um she did a child's voice apparently, and the or the engineer thought somebody had let a child in to the studio. They were like, <laughs> Where's the where's the child? And I was just like, I mean, that's what you want, isn't it? So now that's my ambition. As soon as somebody told me that, I went, I want to do that. I'm going to do such a good child's voice that somebody thinks a child is escaped. So can you do a child's voice? Um, not really. Like, they're not, it's not great. That's pretty good, honestly. It's all right, but it's not as good as... One more, one, one more line. I'll close, I'll close my it. eyes. Like, um, so that's my child's voice. So it's a little bit, like, young, but I just think it's a bit... um. I just don't think it's very realistic. You think it's too fairy tale? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. What Which you would mean. be fine for animation, but so I'm honing it. I'm going to make it yeah. realistic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Giving fantastic. it a go. That's what you've got to do. You've got to give everything a go and just commit. So are you still I learning don't... new things as you're going on every year? Are you still honing in on your craft? or? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, just watching bits of bg3 that have come out i i would love to do all the scenes again <laughs> because i've Don't learned so much. Don't say that i mean That's not because i think they're bad not yeah, because yeah, i think yeah, that yeah. there's just so much more i could do like if you watch um like neil's like playing all his things are playing astarian he's so i mean it's the character isn't it but astarian's so relaxed and so like throwaway and I was kind of like, and the movements that, um, you know, aliens are really, like you said, they're kind of really regal and they're quite like placed. And I don't know if there's just, this is why I should play her again, because there's even more you could get out of her. So I've been watching all the interviews of, you know, all my castmates and stuff like that. Not all of them. There's tons. <laughs> it would take longer than on a game. On my channel, right? Yeah. On your chat, yeah. on your channel. Yeah, thanks. And, um, but it's just... I don't know. You learn. You learn so much through even just watching other people's performances and things like that. I love the choices that other people have made, and I think that's what makes the world so realistic. Is because it's got no. I mean, no two characters are the same anyway. But even the way they move. I mean, it's it's like real life. Unbelievable. That's brilliant. And your your husband is an actor as well, isn't he? Yes. Is, what's that household like? Everyone's what? What if what if your if your kid ends up being an actor? You're gonna have a house full of actors. I know. I really hope not. We're gonna be those awful <laughs> actor parents. Like, don't be an actor. Be an accountant. <laughs> Keep your parents in your in our old age. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't want to be with an actor, but uh, I don't think he did either. <laughs> but we uh, we were in a play together. We were playing the two leads who fell in love on stage and off stage so it transpired you actually fell in love doing that Disgusting. really yeah. isn't that funny yeah wow uh no it's lovely life imitating but yeah, art it's but it's great you know what i find it i find it really great so many people so many friends of mine who are actors go i can't think of anything worse than having another actor in the house but i find it really helpful because we both know you know, we both know the score. If that we come home and say, oh, I've got, you know, a self-tape. Can you help me with it? I've got an audition. I've got this. It's so great because you have another actor to act off of. 
Oh, and then you awesome. you know you can look at a bit of script and say, ah, oh, you know, this line, it's not really, it doesn't really make sense. Why, why can't I get it? And they can, you know, they ask you the right questions or they, you know, they'll be like, okay. And you can just have a chat about it. And it's not, it's completely in their world. Is there anything you want to say to the fans, Helen, that have tuned in today? Just thank you so much. I mean, the response has been incredible and you want to think that, your performance means something, but you're also realistic enough to know that like, you know, it may reach nobody, but the amount of people that it's reached is incredible. And the amount of people that, that love Aileen and also love Aileen and Isabel is just, it's so cool. And I'm glad that they've joined in with the, with her journey, because like I said, you know, like I went all in and for them to go all in, with us is just incredible. Beautiful. Thanks for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. Oh, what a nice chat. What a nice bloke you are. <laughs> You're too and kind. And also you complimented my Australian accent. So I'm not going to read the comments because they'll probably say you were just. No, honestly, was- honestly, I've had it. I reckon I've uh, uh, probably 20 or 30 people have done it in front of me. And. If they're bad, I let them know. Not <laughs> I, I, nicely. Okay, fine. As you said, I, I say, you're getting there. You're getting there. But yeah. for you, you are there. You just need a few little tweaks. Tweaks. No, no, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Well, when yeah. I come to Australia and then, you know, then I'll actually hear loads of Australians speak and I'll get it. Oh, you'll get it in a, in a day. I'm already, <laughs> I already know you would. Um, before I let you go, so you got uh, Instagram, Twitter, anywhere else we can find you? No, I am thinking about doing TikTok, but I'm a bit scared. You should do it. It's friendly. It's friendly. It's just a bit of fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, but Instagram and Instagram and Twitter are where you'll find me. Can I, um, is it, is there a possibility we can hear night song to, to round this, uh, this one out? (laughs) I mean, what about what would she say? Something to Dan. I don't know. Anything you want. Oh, Dan. Well, the night song is no more, so you can't hear from the night song. But maybe Aileen is softer and nicer only when she meets Isabel. But I love her. <laughs> I love her. I want to play her again. Swen, are you are you watching? Larian, are you listening? We need <laughs> more, guys. Get yeah, back exactly. in. Holidays have... are no, no more. We need you back in working. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the poor guys. We don't trap her again, but some other stuff and some more fight scenes would be, uh, I think she's down for another fight. So good. Thank you very much, Ellen. We really appreciate your time. Thanks, Dan. I really appreciate you. <laughs>